0: My name is Hermine Hartman, and we're bringing you a special edition of Indigo Studio. And because we received a wonderful grant from the McCormick Foundation, we're able to do that. So I want you to know that this is made possible in part by a grant from the Chicago COVID-19 Journalism Fund, a McCormick Foundation fund, and of course, McCormick Foundation works with communities in Chicago land across Illinois to develop education informed and engaged citizens and today we want to talk about COVID-19 and we want to talk about mental health and how we've been affected by COVID and the stay-in mode that we've all had to live in for the past few months. Joining us for such a discussion is Gerald Miller. Gerald is a single male. He lives alone. He's a graphic artist and a web designer. We're also going to be joined by Erica Kendricks who is the author of a wonderful book. It's a workbook, actually. She is a suicide survivor and a mental fitness advocate. She goes around the country speaking on the subject, and we're going to get some real good tips from her. Keisha Hammond is a clinical therapist, and uh, because she's been working, she's maintained her own health. And Erica and Loretta Thomas, they are a couple and uh, living in the suburbs and empty nesters, and they've done some very innovative things in our stay-in mode. So, um, Keisha, let's start with you. Tell us what do you what advice would you have given maybe two months ago on how to maintain mental health in a two-month period where you are allowed to just be at home and maybe not go to work. Yeah. or work from home, just revamp yourself. What What would you have said, not now, but two months ago, what good advice would you have given? Me? So first I think it's just, if
1: I could just talk about mental health and what that means, it really okay. includes our psychological, our emotional and our social well-being, and really affects how we think, we feel and how we act. And so a lot of times we don't really, um, sometimes people don't really include our mental health, we'll take care of our physical health, but sometimes we forget about that mental component of our health. So two months ago, I think going into this, I would have probably been like, because I, I try to take care of my own mental health. You know, I think it's important. But I don't think two months ago, I would have thought my mental health would have been impacted like, right. or affected, like it's been. Um, I literally had to just take, because I do live alone as well, Gerald. So I literally had to call my mother up and like, can I come home? And she was uh-huh. like, we're family, you know, yes, come home. She's like, if I'm going to have to get COVID or if I'm going to die from COVID, I'd rather do it with my family. <laughs> so I literally drove to um, Tennessee and spent the week uh, with my family, but you would have not, because I'm used to living alone, but you would not have told me two months ago that I would have started to feel more anxious started to feel more isolated and alone. So I literally had to take that time and drive six hours and go home. So that's what I would have said that a therapist, even I take good care of my mental health, I exercise, I try to eat well, but you would have never told me I would have felt it like I felt it about two weeks ago.
0: So it's, it's really one thing talking about it, but it's quite another having the experience of going through. So you went home, you got your comfort, you got your stability probably some resolve with some anxiety yes. and then you came back to Chicago I
1: did and during right. I'm spending time with my family I spent time outside on the porch they have a screened in fence two or three times a week my mother and I walk three miles um, so that mind body spirit just you know getting all of that what I needed in, in that week and, and then but then I came back to rioting and protest and looting and then I'm like okay
0: maintain. Right. We're going to get into that letter. That's the, that's the other covers we've had. Right. 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 So Eric. Okay. Now you all have done some very interesting things. Eric and I've been talking on the phone quite a bit and Eric has had a birthday and a birthday party by zoom and meetings by zoom out and you've been, you've been cooking. Tell me what you all have done to maintain mental health at this time. Well, how did you do um, a birthday party? Well, <laughs> well, my birthday
2: was in March and the uh, shutdown started right after my birthday. Okay. So I knew Eric was having his birthday uh, coming up and I uh, planned in my head and uh, various different things that I was going to do for him. And I cooked a fabulous dinner and everything, decorated the house and made sure that the... Uh, <laughs> I had the best dishes on the table and whatever, and I asked him to, originally, I asked him to wear a tuxedo down, and he said no, he would just dress up, (laughs) because I wanted to make it extra special, and even though we weren't going to have family here, I wanted to make sure that it would be memorable for him. So... Was it um, a surprise? He was was very surprised, because I told him to be downstairs by 5 o'clock, and he was. And I had dinner on the table, candlelights, blah, 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 music, good works. And then he chose, oh, I'm gonna share this with everyone on Facebook. And um, various different people kept joining in on our Facebook party. And before you knew it, it was 12.30 midnight or so. And um, we had had a party with everyone else in their living rooms and they were having a ball. And they've been asking is- us ever since, when are we gonna have another party? <laughs> <laughs> you played music. We played music. We danced. We and all of this was on air. We, you know, on Facebook. We danced around the room. We and we had our champagne and and then we would have various different people who would come on and talk with us about the party and and what they were doing. They were dancing in their living room and they said they would really took their minds off of the COVID situation. Right. You
3: know? Right.
0: I think that's the best story I've heard. Eric, so what was that like for you? Because you were surprised. Well,
4: well, it was amazing. First of all, she had told me that I had to stay upstairs till four o'clock or whatever. And I'm like, I'm fine with that. And uh, so then I came down and and I was very surprised. But it was also rather eerie because Mm. I always have a party. You know Mm -hmm. know me, Hermine. I have a party every year. So I come downstairs and I'm sitting and I've got this wonderful meal, but it's like, it was like, so where's everybody? You know what I mean? This uh-huh. is kind of weird. You know, I'm having a party. The family's not here. Nobody's here. So what I had to do was just shuffle that off, you know, and, and, and refocus myself on the party itself. So then I just started, what I originally was going to do was just have everybody in on the happy birthday. So I, everybody on Facebook live hey come on everybody I want you to sing happy birthday to me we lit the candles and I said yeah I can hear you singing and that so then I started playing music and then I just played something else and I played something I said wait a minute and then and then of course after I had my second glass of champagne I was really in <laughs> party mode then I said, I said well the request line is open you know so people start sending requests for things they wanted to here and we played. So like LaVetta said, we started at six o'clock and then uh, probably we were on till after midnight wow. and we just, just couldn't believe it. So people asked us, when were we going to have another one? So we then, then we had another party, but this one was a dress up. So everybody put their club outfit on uh, in their living room. And some people hooked up on the house party, some hooked up other ways. And we just, we had a party with snacks and stuff. I said, let me know what you are eating out there, you know, your snacks and so it was just it was just great. And everybody uh, said what a great time they had.
0: That's great. And that is that's the best that's the best stay in story. I'm sorry I wasn't invited to the party, but that's the best story I've heard.
4: You were you oh, you was, missed but, your invitation. Oh, did I miss it? <laughs>
5: is that I know that there's a lot of concern and and energy about getting back to normal. It's a great stress on people to be locked in, but there's a fundamental basic thing that you should be doing, is don't throw all caution to the wind, so that you can open up and help the economy by getting jobs back and doing things like that. But that doesn't mean that you walk around without a mask, that you jump into the crowd, that you stop washing your hands, that you stop doing the things that are important, so, so the plea is that, from a public health standpoint, you'd want to do it this way. If you're not going to do it this way, then at least do these
3: things.
0: So, Gerald, yes, what have you been doing? Uh,
3: well, it's this has been uh, a surreal experience. Uh, you know, uh, just being solo. I have I've been taking this uh, very seriously. I'm a little bit germ-phobic as it goes, Uh, so I, you know, mask up whenever I leave my apartment, mask and gloves, Uh, and uh, so in taking it seriously, I've kind of cut off, uh, you know, uh, physical meeting with other people. Uh, It happens to be that... that A lot
0: of Zoom meetings, though?
3: A lot of Zoom meetings. But Zoom okay. meetings, you know, you can, they're limited. Uh, I, I envy people that are, uh, you know, like uh, Eric and uh, Lavetta, that are in with a loved one because, uh, you know, I, I'm like, wow, that would be an opportunity to really get close to your loved one. You know, it would be great. Um, so I don't have that. And I am not dating right now. So I haven't had a physical contact. And that's tough uh you know uh I'm relatively still a young man, man of sorts, and uh you know I like uh the dating scene and everything like anybody else would so it's 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 sort of lonely in that respect uh you know not having physical contact with anyone for you know what the past three months or whatever it's tough uh but on the other side of the coin uh my relationships with my family we talk more often. We confide in each other. We, you know, comfort each other. Uh, I've been closer with my brothers and sisters uh, than I've ever been. We talk a couple of times a week. We have Zoom meetings. Uh, we wind down, you know, have a couple of drinks, and just talk and actually talk about the old days, and that's fantastic. And that's what's. Talk kinda- about cooking. <laughs> well, here's another thing. That's another good thing. So <laughs> I was a person who ordered out, uh, maybe six days a week, uh, and because of my paranoia, uh, okay, I'll tell you a quick story. I went to a Popeye's when this first kind of started, like in late February, early March, and I got my favorite little Popeye's chicken sandwich and actually looked inside and saw everybody handling with their hands, and I was like, that's it, no more, no mas. So I don't, I don't, uh, I don't order food anymore. I've been cooking every day, morning, noon, and night, and I feel great about that. Uh, it's something I guess I've known how to do. I know how to cook, but I just hadn't chose to do it. So now I do all my grocery shopping and all my cooking. And I think that's going to carry on even after this, this pandemic is, 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 is over because I've saved a lot of money and I'm eating my own food and I'm making choices to buy healthy things. And so it's, it's, it's been, it's been great in that, in that respect, but, uh, the loneliness does, it, it, it gets to me and, uh, you know, uh, I'm just kind of, I've been extremely busy with work, so I'm kind of throwing myself into my work. And I sometimes work from the time I wake up, I, I work out of my home. So uh, from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed, I'm just on my computer working.
0: So the working at home experience was not new.
3: It wasn't new for me.
0: But your business increased. It did. Uh, so your, your business has grown.
3: Did. Yeah, because I'm doing a lot of things uh, now. and my, yes. I'm lucky Very lucky, because I know a lot of people are just completely out of work. Uh, And I've been very, very busy and, and blessed for that. Right.
0: Okay. So Erica Kendricks, who moved my happy, and a suicide survivor, and a medical fitness advocate. What have you been doing in the last two months in the stay home mode?
6: That is a beautiful question. I'm one of those people who has dual career. Um, And so on one end, my work was affected initially with traveling around the country. I had uh, several conferences and university speaking engagements that were canceled. Slowly, my clients have hopped on the Zoom bandwagon and it's made it much better because I can still do a lot from my home office and still be impactful and inspire hope and healing. So that's been really helpful. Um, but then on the other side of everything, I'm a professional author, so I'm under contract with a book deal with um, Little Brown Publishing right now. And so that's working from home. That's just me and my computer. Uh, we just finished the last book and now we're working on a new one. Uh, and so uh, in that way, my lifestyle hasn't shifted and because I'm still just wherever my laptop is. <laughs> However. The idea of not being able to go outside and not being able to connect with what I call my support squad. That took a toll on me in the beginning. It was very challenging. Uh, And there is nothing that uh, supersedes human contact, like Gerald said. It's, It's cool to Zoom. I mean, this has been a game changer for a lot of people, including me. But the idea of being able to hug my loved ones and to be able to talk with them and feel their energy and have that connectivity, that's been really challenging. I also am, I I have uh, what I call the incredible 10. There are 10 mental fitness steps that I have to do and I encourage others to do, especially those who have a proclivity to some sort of mental health challenge or mental illness. And I had to shift that because one of the main things that Keisha mentioned is like working out. releasing those natural feel good chemicals not just the endorphins but the serotonin and the dopamine and the norepinephrine the chemicals that the brain makes i mean that's uh that's essential especially during a time like this and so i go to the gym for that well with covid that's a that's an instant no so i had to start working out outside which is very hard for me and then i had to find like dance workout videos on cable i mean as I felt like I was back in 1988 again, but it's been really, really helpful. And then Gerald mentioned like cooking and I cook a lot because I'm i I'm a vegan. That's one of the things that really helps keep my mind and my brain decluttered and not so foggy, but, um, you know, eating really well has been something that I've had to focus on a lot of whole foods, fruits and vegetables, tons of water. Mm -hmm. Initially the inclination is to have a drink. Right, because what else are we doing? And plus it's a little numbing and then it's, you know, initially it's, we're lifted, we've got the little high and it feels good, but it's also a natural downer, it's a depressant. And so with that comes the feelings of uh, melancholy or that blue feeling or just that heavy feeling Mm -hmm. with your body trying to get rid of the toxins. And that was hard because having a glass of wine was, you know, that was the go-to move, especially for a Zoom happy hour but then that takes a toll. So I had to be hyper-conscious of things like that. Um, But overall, it's been beautiful. I've been really immersed in my work with um, helping a lot of folks. I've got a lot of teenagers that are now my clients and they're Mm -hmm. reaching out because, you know, not being able to see their friends at school and being in toxic home environments that they can't escape because they're children. Uh, has been challenging for a lot of them. And a lot of suicidal thoughts and ideations have started to surface for teenagers who've never experienced that before. Um, And then they find me and and we create a game plan that immediately gets them in touch with a, a, a trained clinician to help them navigate that and also create scripts so that they can have healthy dialogue with their parents. And if not, then with a trusted adult. So I've been doing a lot of that work lately, which is really wonderful. And it also keeps me fulfilled. I don't have to think about my own issues or- Well,
0: that's your work. That That's really your
6: work and your advocacy. My purpose It is right. my I've given purpose and I'm very clear about that. Um, but that's been really good. So the last couple of months overall for me, a lot of people reached out initially worrying, but um, I've been thriving, um, but, I've been in this mental fitness game with myself for over 20 years. So I know what I'm supposed to be doing and what I'm not supposed to be doing. It's a matter of having the discipline to (laughs) to follow those self-imposed rules. Mm
0: -hmm.
6: So you have 10
0: tips for mental uh, wellness at all times. Yes. Give us two tips that you recommend particularly at this
6: time for the stay-in, in in the stay-in mode. So... Uh, Just two is hard. Uh, Well, that's not too hard. So I'll do the two that we just talked about and then add a new one. So eating well is really essential. Uh, There's just no way around that. Our goal, too, is to eat a lot of comfort food and then to continue to snack throughout the day because we're home and the fridge is just right there. But that can take a toll, uh, not just on the way we look, what I call the quarantine 15, but also with the way that we begin to feel. And a lot of processed foods, high sugar, carbs, heavy carbs, um, and then the alcohol. Um, the other thing is exercise, and we just talked about that. It's important that we get our body in motion, and we're not doing the go to the train or the metro or the bus stop and then walking to lunch and then walking around the office space to do whatever. We're not doing that. A lot of us are generally sitting in one chair in front of a desk all day. And uh, we need to get our body in motion for at least 20 minutes of aerobic activity at least three times a week. But the other one that we didn't mention that I wanna uh, really uh, highlight is sleep. When our sleep patterns become irregular, For people who um, are prone to mental health challenges, it can get really dangerous, but people who've never experienced mental health challenges are thrown off. And then it's kind of like, well, what is this? What's happening? And they don't necessarily have the tools or the resources to grab onto because they've never been in that space before. So ensuring that we're getting our sleep is necessary. So right now, especially with uh, the country, or really now it's expanding into the world, being in disarray, cut the television off. It's really dangerous to stay in this 24-hour news cycle about uh, all of the destruction that's happening or the racism that's pervasive and us trying to fix that situation or people that are getting um, you know, hospitalized or getting treatment for COVID. That's still prevalent. That hasn't gone away. We tend to forget that these last three days. Uh, And so uh, turning off the television is huge. Putting the cell phone down, you know, we don't go too far from our phones. I know each of us probably has it within arm's reach. Uh, Turning it off, putting it away so that you can't grab it and reach and look at YouTube or Facebook or Instagram to see what's happening. Um, And then doing whatever is soothing for you to help you sleep if that's a calm app or if that's coloring or if that's journaling. Or listening to really soothing music to kind of bring us down it's really important and uh, the seven hours or the eight hours whatever you need for your brain and your body to uh, reboot is something that we need to give um, extra focus to so those three things are especially right now all three things that we can do they're all free and uh, all they require for the most part is a little bit of discipline which is not always easy so eating
0: exercise
6: and sleeping very very basic and turn the tube off absolutely and and they're game changers they're game changers and when you begin to notice within yourself or your children or your loved ones when they're sleeping too much or not enough Mm -hmm. or they're eating too much or or their eating patterns have gone in the other direction um, or they've become really lethargic and isolated and they're not being active at all those are clear signs and symptoms that there is some sort of intervention that's needed, especially when they go on for two weeks or longer.
3: Listen, you're my friend.
4: I noticed you haven't really been yourself recently.
3: Yeah, I feel like something's up. How are you? Are you okay?
4: Is there anything you want to
6: talk
3: about? I just want to know how you're feeling.
6: And listen, even if you don't know what to say, I'm here to talk. No matter what you're going through, I just want you to know I'm here. I've got your back. When you want to talk, I'm here.
0: So, Keisha... Keisha? Yes. What's the new normal? We've been, we are a people of freedom. America is a free country. We do what we want. You want to go to the park, you want to go to the movie show, you want to go to the restaurant. We just do it. Yeah. But We haven't been able to do those things, and I'm sure some new habits, everybody's got some new habits, some new routines, some new postures, some new things that you do at home from staying home for a couple of months or from working at home, but we've all had some adjustments to make. So what becomes the new normal? After we get out of this, what do we do? What's the new normal? Yeah, so what I'd like to say is like,
1: what's the now normal? And then what's the new normal going? Right,
0: to be how do we right? trans, How do we
1: transition? So, right, so I think right now, as you said, with habits and hobbies, I think a lot of us had hobbies that we forgot mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. do and that we like to do. Mm-hmm. And when we're forced to kind of uh, refocus and, and shift and change, We now have to go back and remind ourselves, what are those things that I like to do and what can I do now? So for an example, for myself, I've been uh, four years, um, in the last 10 years, I did a garden. Um, And instead of going to the nursery to get the plants, I decided to start with seeds in my my own house. I had them on top of my refrigerator, used them as a greenhouse, (laughs) and then now I'm ready to go outside and plant. So I think what what the important the thing with the new normal and the now normal is challenges like this build resilience. Mm-hmm. And so our resiliency is really our ability to bounce back. <laughs> and if you don't have challenges and, and tests and trials that build that resiliency, then you're not growing as a person. Do we get stronger? We get stronger, you know, especially when you have the tools. It's like that that, you know, I used to be an athlete, and so I. This in the last two years, I used I've challenged myself to be more fit, to more physically uh, physically fit. And so, what happens is my body has muscle memory from years ago when I was an athlete. Even our brains do that. We have brain muscle and that elasticity of the brain. And so, when we stretch ourselves in trying times and challenging times, we do have the ability to build that resiliency and ba- and bounce back. And so, I think what we have to remind people is that. You have that within you is that you have to just force yourself to tap in to those things that's going to stretch you. And sometimes it does take friends and family to remind you because sometimes our brains get kind of trapped <laughs> and our minds get trapped in that, that trauma stage or that trauma state or that crisis state and we can't remember or remind ourselves. So sometimes a therapist or friends and family who remind you, you know, you used to do this, or I remember when you went through this before you did this. Um, So the now normal is is really about that person. I try not to get myself in a place where I try to tell people what to do, but just remind them of some things that they've done before and how they bounced back and let that person kind of chime in on what their new normal and their now normal is going to be.
0: Okay, so Eric, what have you done in the stay-in mode that you will continue when we get back to normal? What's your new norm?
4: You know, I think that uh, Lavetta and I have been very fortunate in that we're both retired. Hmm. So the fact is, before COVID, We were pretty much doing what we're doing now, which is pretty much staying home. Uh, We enjoy, obviously, being together. We do miss seeing family. Uh, I think I was more anxious when there were rumors that we were going into kind of a martial law kind of thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was very anxious, you know, if I was going to be able to leave my home. But what I have done is I have said that... um, going to my activities are I go to the grocery store once a week. I go to the post office. I have to go to the bank to make deposits for checks and things like that. And, um, and so basically, uh, honestly, (laughs) I do a lot, I get a lot of phone calls. You and I talk a lot and many others because there are things we're talking about doing. So that takes up part of the day. And you know, and I, I enjoy playing on my iPad. I watch some TV, and like one of the uh, uh, young ladies said that, you know, you do have to turn it off. And, you know, I know when I get to that point that my cup is running over. So, um, But I would say that uh, uh, I really don't want to see any of my family members yet. Uh, and the reason is our granddaughter came over with our son and daughter, and I was very anxious because I couldn't touch her.
0: Right. It was, it was like
4: she was. That's strange. So, so, so we're, you know, we're sitting in the garage, there on the, uh, there in the driveway, and she's like five feet away from me, and I can't touch her. Mm. And it was a very now that brought COVID down front for me. I had kind of, you know, was managing it mentally. Before that, as it was just something that's happening and eventually be gone, and I'm still going to the store and doing basically what I do, so no big deal. You know, we got a virus. I got to stay home, wear a mask, whatever. But my granddaughter coming over and not being able to hug her was Mm -hmm. very, very, that was kind of a Twilight Zone kind of feeling. And so literally, I really don't want to see family until people become... Comfortable. See, what I've got is I've got information. So I understand that you get the virus through somebody sneezing, coughing, uh, your face is not covered, you can get it through your eyes. So you don't get it from hugging, you know, unless somebody coughs in your face mm-hmm. while you're going towards them. So my concern is for the community at large is how we move from this being totally paranoid. You know, I I don't know. I mean, the virus could, you know, just be anywhere. You know, like we got a friend of ours that steams her coat when she comes Mm -hmm. home and all that. I'm not doing all that. And people that have to stand on a bleach towel when they come in the house and all that. See, that's just, that's too too far for me, you know, because Mm -hmm. based on the information I have gotten from watching doctor after doctor after doctor is I need to cover my eyes, my mouth, and wash my hands. Now, beyond that, y'all, we're okay. But I got to wait till my other That's friends. <laughs> well, yeah, but and I got to wait till my other friends. Now I talked to my son yesterday, and he's good. You know, he's like, "Hey, man, you come on over, and we're hugging over here." You know. Mm-hmm. So, but but in terms of back to your original question, uh, our lives. Uh, this this virus uh, <clears throat> strangely gave me a break from a lot mm-hmm. of mental stress I was dealing with in my mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. a portion of my business shut down and a portion of it went on and so i have a little stuff to do every day i have to send some purchase order post some checks and so i have some activity that that i'm doing and so for me um, i miss not being able to swim at the gym but i also think about how am i going to ever do that right. again again mm-hmm. ask off Mm-hmm. You know, uh, eating out was kind of a luxury, no big deal.
0: So you got, you missed the restaurants, but your home cooking is probably better because we is such a great cook.
4: Oh, baby. Yeah. So, yeah, so good old that's baby. probably good news. <laughs>
0: so yeah. let me give you all two situations that I have, that I have found that have really bothered me. Uh, I feel for, the graduates, the kids who've not been able to go through. That is the prom and the graduates. Uh, That's such an important part of life. That's a a rites of passage. That's an achievement. That's my first, maybe my first big success at any level, be it nursery school, be it grammar school, be it high school, and God bless college. I mean, come on, it's time to party. And they miss that. And I really feel... (laughs) I really, I just feel for those kids. I haven't had any, anybody in my family or friends or anything, but I just feel for that. that that's brought some real uh, negative feelings. It's like, my God, what, everybody's got to graduate. What do you do? That's number one. But the second thing, I've had a couple of friends who have had COVID, and mm. it's been necessary for them to be hospitalized. And going to the hospital and dropping your loved one off, and not being able to be with them, to hold yeah. that hand, or to talk, or to soothe in some kind of way, that has been mind-boggling. What on earth do you do? I mean, talking on the phone, that's good. Zoom, that's good. Facebook, that's good. But there's mm-hmm. nothing like when you are sick,
4: yeah, somebody holding happened. your
0: hand, or talking to that nurse, or bringing you that whatever it is that you like to eat to soothe. How do you mentally? How do you cope with that? That's been hard. That's been like. That's been hard. That's been difficult. What do you do in those situations? What? Keisha, I'm gonna go to you because you are a therapist. So tell me what you what what do you do? What do you what do you say? It, that's very hard.
1: That that's very hard. Um, I'll start with um, with with the COVID um, patients who have uh, had to go through um, getting COVID and and healing, and um, and then we also have to consider those who did not make it through COVID, um, and their families, you know, having to deal with grief and loss. And right. when you, so, when you say, "What do you say?" What I've kind of come to the realization is, I don't have to say a lot. No, <laughs> you know. So sometimes, you know, you just re- have to re- just remind people that you're there and you're present um, and that the reason why we couldn't be close to you is because the, of the pandemic, you know, we, we could make it worse. You know, we could get it ourselves and then we're not there to take care of you if we're sick ourselves as family members and friends. And so I have had to deal with with family members and, and friends who had COVID and their thought was I could have been there and they weren't afraid to die. But they were afry, afraid that they would have died and their family members wouldn't be able to, be able to say their last final goodbyes.
0: Well, some yeah. of them weren't afraid to die, but they were afraid to be alone. Right. Well, It was the loneliness knows. of right. I'm in the hospital, I, I'm with strangers, I'm all by myself, mm-hmm. and I may not see that loved one again. Sure. And that's an eerie that's it's
1: definitely an eerie feeling, yes. Mm-hmm. But then we also have to remember, though, the family member that I was dealing with, they were unconscious and on a ventilator for like 15, 16 days. So they didn't even really know they were there Okay, um, in, in the hospital. So mm-hmm. you have various different situations that have happened to people who've been um, in the hospital with COVID. But as far as dealing with the mental health, you're exactly right. What you said earlier is that they're better now, but they're still mentally dealing with I could have died or I had COVID or my family members weren't there with me. So now it's just helping them process that and just being there to listen to them. And what I've also understood is that people will call them, understand is that people will call them and be like, oh, you're going to get better. You're Mm -hmm. better. And they're like, no, I'm not better. Yeah, I don't have COVID, but mentally I'm not better. So what I've just found, again, is just being present. You know, I'm here for, for you. I love you. Tapping into what it is that makes them feel better. Asking people, what do you need? What do you need from me right now? How can I be of help? Because a lot of times we think
0: that what we will help, what helps people, is not, not. Right. right. Um, I've and- had one, one friend, and he's, he's still hospitalized. And in talking to him, I try to call every day and read something very positive for mental health really and positive thinking and get well but the last call was talk to the nurse and tell her to take care of me please tell the nurse to take care of me tell her to take good care of me yeah and that was i just broke i broke down
3: Did a newly emerged coronavirus manage to hold the entire world at its mercy? Why was advanced medical research not able to combat its spread? And is this merely the start of other potentially unstoppable global pandemics?
4: Vaccine development for COVID-19 is proceeding at a pace that is far faster than any vaccine development in history. Dr.
1: Baruch is the director of the Center for Virology and Vaccine Research at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center. He has led groundbreaking work on vaccines for HIV and Zika.
4: Are you concerned you're moving too fast? The goal is not to compromise patient safety at all because ultimately a vaccine absolutely must be safe if it's gonna be administered to large numbers of healthy people.
0: Researchers are taking part
1: of the coronavirus DNA and transferring it into a weak and common cold virus. After it is placed into a cell, the body will produce antibodies, triggering an immune
0: response. What would you tell what would you tell that graduate who's not walking across that stage for family to see and friends to enjoy? What do you tell that graduate? How do how do we cope with this ceremony that's so important in our lives that we've worked so hard for? What do you tell that graduate to do or not to do?
6: That's a What's great your question. advice? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. And I've had several who've been going through Um, missing that experience so the first thing I would tell them is to think ahead Uh, we can get suffocated by the moment and there's no way we can get out of where we are right now this is beyond our control which then allows for unfortunately a lot of hopelessness and helplessness to set in Um, but thinking ahead with the understanding that this is not a permanent situation that there will be other milestones to celebrate has been really helpful, especially for the younger people because they are so young and they have so much life in front of them. Um, And then that begins to get them excited and hopeful, which is the, the essential goal, about their tomorrow. So if they're in eighth grade, they start thinking about high school. And the idea Mm -hmm. of high school is really thrilling for the seventh and the eighth graders. Um, Or if they're in high school, we get them thinking about college. And that's just, okay, college, seriously, that's where it's all going down. Um, And so then that changes the mindset. And the second thing that is critical is to see children um, and young people, young adults, and older adults in gratitude. Uh, That also shifts the mindset from a place of hopelessness and helplessness to these are things that I've either contributed to happening to me that I'm grateful for, that I'm excited about, that I'm very appreciative of having in my world or in my life, Um, and it also gives them the onus of control. Uh, This is a part of me. I own this. Whatever it is, if it's having a roof over your head or food or having your children come out of being sick with COVID or your parents or your loved ones, um, the space of gratitude, it allows us to reflect on that which fills us up. And then the third thing and the last thing that I suggest and push that graduate to do is to then begin to get their thoughts on the page and uh, change their thinking from what's happening to them today to what they're going to change about tomorrow. So, so you're saying
0: move beyond it and get, get, get beyond
6: wherever that moment is now to the next step, to the we, next phase. Absolutely, I mean, because That's the reality good. is that mm-hmm. we can't control what's happening now. I don't I care know. who you the president of the world. No one can change um, the pandemic that we're in and the resulting things that have happened to us Uh, And that's a place of of victimization. And so we want to shift that into the onus of control, the power. This is what I can control. This is what I have to look forward to. So it's about um, moving past the moment. And it's also about instilling hope, which then creates healing. Um, And so that's what I would tell them. So Gerald,
0: let, let me come to you and ask, okay, so we've gotten through the COVID stay at home mode. And the city is about to open back up. We're we're almost ready to go back into the restaurants, uh, go back to work. And then we have riots. We see this awful killing of uh, the policeman with Mr. George Floyd in Minneapolis. And havoc breaks out. Havoc breaks out for a couple of days in Minneapolis, but then it travels throughout the country. And Chicago has probably been hit uh, worse than most, where we have seen our city destroyed. We've seen our central business district destroyed. We've seen our communities uh, on fire uh, and destroyed. And now we have another shut in. It's a different shut in, but it's a shut in. It's a danger. It's got a danger to it. Another kind of danger. Um, Gerald, how do you cope with that? Mm-hmm. We got another freedom. We can't just go out and move about. At least with the COVID, if you went out, you could move about. Now we can't even freely move about. How do you? What do you? How do you deal with that mentally?
3: Well, I mean, that's a that's a great question. Um, it's I, a tough one. I just started getting used to this uh, shelter in place. <laughs> I just started getting kind of like, ah, maybe I can do this, this is fine. And then this this happens, this tragedy to George Floyd. Is, is. Right. Well, first of all, that's something that doesn't even shock me anymore because that pro- police brutality is out there. It's not going anywhere. But so the, the reason
0: doesn't shock you, but now we are incapacitated by it. Yeah. How, do, how do we, I mean, how do we deal with it? I mean, you you got people out here rioting, you got people out here doing very destructive things, you feel endangered. Yes. You're avoiding the crowd. What do you do?
3: And it's just you- and it's also another layer of like bad news. I mean, That's when I watch the news now, and then I'm talking about COVID really.
0: That's now- right. COVID's got the last week, riots, COVID has, and, yeah. has lost its presence.
3: Right. So um uh, man, I, I'd like to defer uh, to uh, our, pa- our therapist panelists. Uh, I, I don't know what to do. It is very tough. Today I drove out. I was trying to actually uh, drop off a, a camera to Hermine, her and I could not get anywhere near her house. Right. I'm trapped. I'm yeah. shut
0: down, trapped.
3: Yes. She's in a zone where, I mean, I drove around for 30, 40 minutes just trying to you know snake around the city. They're shut down. They're are armed, uh, uh, you know, uh, soldiers on the street. It's martial law. It's just really scary. So we
0: go from COVID shut in to emerge living in emergency state, where our politicians can lock us down, and then we move into martial law, which is another whole. It's another whole set of I mean, reasons. The fact that it, somebody got the coronavirus who hadn't traveled anywhere is very concerning.
3: Just being this close, it's the scariest it's the scariest thing in the world for me right now because it's only 15 minutes from Backerville from here. So you can mean to me, I can go to Backerville and, and, and I have to be more careful. It's just, it's a scary situation to know that I can sit around and touch something and, and, and somebody could have been there and they had that virus and then all of a sudden I'm contaminated.
6: I'm I saw it on the news this morning. I didn't watch the news last night and I'm like, oh my gosh, now I'm really worried. Well, I feel like I, after the news today, like I shouldn't even be out of the house, honestly, but that's not really a practical thing. <laughs> um, but I wash my hands all the time anyways. I'm very careful. So. Eric, Levita,
0: how are you all dealing with this? Are you feeling this shut-in mode due to I, martial law? Are you feeling it at all? Yes, um,
2: I really wasn't feeling it v- as much until last night when right. um, when Eric called me he, he went to pick up us uh, our dinner and he couldn't exit by right. Woodfield Mall right. at, a, at a couple exits and he had to you know like worm his way through the city to get back to the restaurant. and then um, watching the news and seeing what's going on and my friend called me and said that the uh, protesters were headed this way and whatever. I kind of started feeling a little panicky, but then I took a few deep breaths and I just prayed and I, I, I lean on prayer a lot and, um, I meditate, I pray, I, um, take a lot of deep breaths and let them out slowly because I, some, at times I feel like I am, uh, I'm about to explode or break down and cry, or whatever. And I find that this these techniques have helped me tremendously to get through the moment, you know. Um,
0: um, I came the- home last evening and I couldn't get in. I couldn't get to my home. So I wow. had to reroute, I had to sit down, park the car, and like, okay, now you gotta think about this because you gotta get home, right? And, uh, when I found they had trucks, there were trucks all around blocking uh, street entrances and the expressway. And the policeman, I said, sir, I have to get home. You had to show your uh, driver's license. You had to show some kind of ID. And then you were allowed to move. That made me very anxious. But let me ask you all, this this is a question for everybody. I got home, I was fine until I turned on the television. And then when I turned on TV and I saw fire here, protests here, demonstration here, riot here, policemen here, then I got scared. But I was at home, but then I got scared. Is the news a good to do for mental health right now or bad to do or do you limit it? How do you deal with that? And that's my last question and and we're going to, we'll we'll be done with our discussion at that, but how do you deal with this news?
4: I think we have to definitely limit it. Right. Because it does, you know, it's just like bad news. It, it, it becomes overwhelming. And I was a news junkie Me before too. this, you know. Mm-hmm. But I have to really kind of shut it down. Or I switch to Golden Girls or, <laughs> you know. funny. <laughs> yeah, well, Net- Netflix
0: has gone up 16 million wow. uh, since COVID. Netflix subscriptions have increased by 16 million so we're all either looking at the news stop looking at the news and I look at something on Netflix every night that's my
6: sanity mode
4: oh yeah <laughs> oh absolutely. that's my sanity
6: yeah absolutely so I have a tendency think, um to, uh, if in terms of of the news cycles uh, I love what Eric said limiting is the only answer because yes. we need to know what's going on so we need to stay abreast of what's happening for me last yeah. night the protesters were on the corner and then it was all peaceful throughout the city and then they got here and then the police swarmed and then there were helicopters. So we had to have the news on the seat. So wow. that's, a, that's a safety precaution in addition to just being informed. Um, yeah. But I think it is critical. It can be a trigger. And once we begin to feel that anxiety, when our chest tightens up or we get sweaty or our palms get sticky or the heart increases, like those Mm -hmm. kinds of things where we start to ruminate and obsess over negative thoughts or what could happen, then we need to pull away. And then it's like, okay, well, what do I do? Because I don't have anything in place. I've been in front of the television for the last 48 hours. So one of the things I've been suggesting to people that's really helpful for me is to color. A lot of uh, us used to love coloring, and it's something we did. <laughs> you
2: made
6: a coloring book color? Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> are, are you kidding big me? Big oh. No, they made a big comeback. They have adult, yeah. adult coloring books I now. Adult. Cool. Uh, I just got a birthday present last week, uh, an adult coloring book with some uh, coloring markers, and there are thousands of coloring sheets online if you Google it. You can just download them and print them out and start to color. It is so soothing and very relaxing, and it takes your mind off of. Um, and it's an anxiety reducer. Another thing is lighting candles. You know, if you're okay, so Target. No, just we're gonna count. stop on the coloring book. We okay. got we got <laughs> one minute, and I'm going, Eric. You <laughs> yeah. all, yeah. Christmas,
0: Gerald. You all getting coloring books? Okay. That's right. right. I'm getting you all some coffee, <laughs> but you, before I, before Give we get mom there, mom. y'all buy me some too, okay? <laughs> so, Erica, thank mom you mom very mom. much for your tips. And Keisha, tell us to or not to look at the news or limit the news. What do we do? <laughs> limit the news because you, the you news. need to know. But I know we got a couple, just a
1: less than a minute left. But one of the things that um, I'd like to tap into what Lavetta said and what Erica said is that. I practice and I use with my clients a a technique called mindfulness. And really what mindfulness is, is just being present in the moment. Our mental health includes how we think, how we feel, and how we act. And so when we're mindful of what we're thinking, of what we're feeling, and and how we're reacting, we just have to remind ourselves to be mindful, remember, and acknowledge those things. If you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling afraid, acknowledge those things and don't judge them. You know, I had some anger feelings come up and I was like, you know what? I think I'm feeling a little angry with what some of the stuff that's going on. Some of the things people mm-hmm. are saying on mm-hmm. social media. I just want to say, everybody just shush up. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> um, and so you just want to, you know, you have to be mindful of what you're feeling and then do something with those feelings. Do something right. with those thoughts and learn to have compassion for yourself. The same compassion you would offer to friends and family. Offer that to yourself. Right now, I'm feeling really anxious. I'm feeling afraid. And that's okay. You know, it's okay to have those feelings and those thoughts right now. So those are two things that I would just like to leave us. Be mindful of what you're thinking, feeling, and and have self-compassion and compassion for those who are going through the same things that you're experiencing. And on that
0: note,
4: there is a great DVD on mindfulness called The Garden of Now. It's Mm -hmm. called The The Garden of Now. That's a DVD on mindfulness. And I would also like to invite all of you to reach out to me on Facebook because I want to invite you to my next party.
6: (laughs) Oh boy. All right. We have a party. If you need (laughs) more tips, the workbook is full of them. So it's Who Move My Happy? And you can find me on Facebook and I can direct you to where the links are. But this is full of many, many tips that are mostly free outside of therapy And uh, you can do them now during COVID, uh, while we're quarantining or in sheltering in place. And they're really, really helpful. It's what saved my life. Gerald, thank you you very much. Erica, Eric and Levita and
0: Keisha, thank you very much for talking about mental (laughs) health, doing COVID-19 as Otis Moss, Reverend Otis Moss says, and COVID-19.
5: message to the american people is that i know that there's a lot of concern and, and energy about getting back to normal it's a great stress on people to be locked in but there's a fundamental basic thing that you should be doing is don't throw ball caution to the wind so that you can open up and help the economy by getting jobs back and doing things like that but that doesn't mean that you walk around without a mask that you jump into a crowd that you stop washing your hands that you stop doing the things that are important so so the plea is that from a public health standpoint you'd want to do it this way if you're not going to do it this way then at least do these things
0: this has been a special report from indigo studio brought to you in partnership with the mccormick foundation The mccormick foundation um is uh Provides grants for education, information, and engaging citizens, and that's what we've done today. We, I hope we've given you some good information and in education, but most importantly, we have engaged citizens on COVID nineteen and what it means, what it has meant to stay home for the last two months. Good luck to all of us, and God bless. God bless us all. Thank you so much. Thank
4: you. Thank you, Hermione. Bye.
0: Bye.